here's a question. Is anyone scared of the dark? Wave at me if you're scared of the dark. Anybody? Some of you are. Okay, I hope today doesn't get too scary because it's going to get dark at some point soon, not just yet. But um, I'm, I'm not, like, massively scared of the dark, but once, when I was probably about 12 or 13, uh, I went caving, which is basically where you go deep underground in a cave. Wave at me if you've ever been caving. Yeah, it's pretty good fun, isn't it? But one of the things we did, <coughs> this was like back before there were like smart devices and phones with torches and things like that. The only light source you had down a cave when you went caving when I was that young was a head torch. And our instructor took us down this cave in the Yorkshire Dales and, uh, and we all went down and at one point he said, right, everybody turn off your lights. And we did. And it was darker than dark. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? When you put your hand in front of your face and you literally cannot see your hand in front of your face. This is what happens when you are deep underground. There is no light coming in at all. And that was the darkest dark I have ever experienced. And, uh, and I, I have to say, I wasn't like hugely scared, but it's quite disconcerting because you're in a room full of people and you just have no idea where anything is. You, you start thinking, oh, well, so-and-so, is that person going to play a trick on me? Is someone going to jump out on me? Where are the walls? What's going on down here? It, it's quite kind of unnerving, really, uh, in many ways. And sometimes I think life can feel a little bit like that, can't it? Sometimes life can feel a little bit dark. I don't know about you, but this year it feels like every time you turn on the news, it, it's been another story about darkness. Sometimes life can feel a bit scary. Sometimes we can be anxious or fearful about where are the people around us? What is going on? Is somebody going to jump out on me. And uh, one account we have of Jesus's life was written by his good friend, John, who spent years traveling with him. And later in life, he wrote an account telling the story of Jesus and his life. And he starts this account, which we know as the book of John. He starts this account with the words, in the beginning. He's mirroring the first words in the Bible back in Genesis that start the same, in the beginning. And this is what he says in John 1, verses 1 to 5. He says, in the beginning, the word, that's Jesus, the Son of God. He said, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in, in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. See, John is making a pretty grand claim. He starts off, it's a bit of a poem, really, that he starts his book with. And what he's suggesting is that this little baby, this little tiny baby that we celebrate at Christmas, lying vulnerable in a manger was not just like you and me, some other little baby. In many ways, he was. But in so many ways, he was something completely other and different as well. What John is claiming is that this little baby we celebrate at Christmas, lying in a manger, was actually God and had existed for eternity and had been the one who had spoken the world, the universe, into existence. I think that is pretty 
spectacular in terms of a claim to make about a little baby lying in a manger. I don't know if anyone else uh, here is a bit excited today about a certain rocket launching from, is it French Guyana that it launches from, the James Webb Space Telescope. Uh, this is uh, the most expensive thing, I believe, that has ever been shot up into the sky basically with an explosion underneath it, which is what a rocket is. And uh, there's a lot of nerves about what's going to happen or not. And this has, we, Emma was asking me, how far can, yesterday, how far can this new telescope see? And we looked it up and it was something crazy like 12 billion light years. Uh, 13, was it? She, she always corrects me on these things. 13 billion light years, it can see. That's a distance thing, 13 billion light years. And then she said, how far is a light year? And we looked it up, and it's some, so many number of trillion kilometers. So if you times trillions by millions, billions was it, the first one I had, you basically end up with a very, very, it's a big number. It's a long way away, okay? A very, yeah, sorry, I don't know the actual maths. You end up with like little numbers in times 10 to the powers with numbers this big. It is going to see so far away. And what it's going to, you know, scientists are very excited. I'm very excited as a follower of Jesus because it's going to tell us even more stuff about how incredible this universe is that God created. And John, in his poem, is saying, look, he existed. This little baby that we celebrate at Christmas, he existed before the world began and God created everything through him. Isn't that quite incredible that this little baby Jesus we celebrate each Christmas, the claim being made is that he spoke this vast universe that we don't, they're hoping to find the edge of the universe with this telescope, which, which is a pretty bold kind of thing to try and find because they've not found it yet. I don't know if you know that. They've never found the edge of the universe. That's how big it is. We cannot, we can't see that far. And, uh, and so... This claim is that this little boy, Jesus, and so, so this, this Jesus, like, who, who is he? <laughs> like, who is this Jesus that we are celebrating? And John wasn't the only one who made this claim about him. Some others, Jesus himself, others made this claim. In fact, one of the Roman soldiers who helped to kill Jesus on the cross, there was a moment where he said, surely this man was the son of God. He saw something incredible in this man too. Jesus claims it himself. When uh, the high priest asks him, the religious leaders are out to get him, they put him on trial, and the high priest says to him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one, as in the son of God? And Jesus replies with the words, I am, which actually to any Jew are like the biggest words possible because that's actually the name of God. Because when God reveals himself to Moses in the bush that's on fire but doesn't burn up. He, he says, my name is I am. And so when Jesus stands there and, and he's asked, are you the son of God? And he says, I am. That's like the boldest words that any person who's ever walked the earth could speak in that moment. And Jesus claims it and says, I am the son of of God. Now, there are some who claim that Jesus, maybe he was just a really good teacher. Maybe he just was, you know, he was an excellent speaker, teacher, he drew crowds. And, and we can kind of just settle on that, everybody. You know, he wasn't God, he was just a teacher. Well, C.S. Lewis, who wrote um, the Narnia books, amongst other things, is a, a man far more intelligent than I will ever be. And he answered this by saying this, you know, when somebody says, could, could, was he just a, a good teacher? 
He says, that is the one thing we must not say. Uh, he, he said, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him or kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with, a, with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Now, it seems to me obvious that he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend, and consequently, however strange or terrifying or unlikely it may seem, I have to accept the view that he was and is God. That's C.S. Lewis who said that. You see, Jesus' claims, if we just say, oh, he was just a great teacher, actually, we have to kind of to, to, to say that, and he's not God, we have to remove quite a lot of his teaching because he, when he taught, he said that he had authority to forgive people's sins, and no normal human can do that. He claimed in his teaching to have always existed, and he claimed that one day he would come back to judge the world at the end of time. So if we're going to say, well, he's just a great teacher, we have to kind of chop out quite a lot of that great teaching to arrive at that conclusion. And if these things are true, that Jesus has the authority to forgive sins, that he has always existed, and that one day he would come back to judge the world at the end of time, then actually we should probably pay attention to the things written about him and to the things he said. And there's one simple idea here that John picks up on, and Jesus himself describes himself as the light of the world as well. But John says, the word gave life to everything that was created. Uh, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. In these days, in these times, when you turn on the news and you hear of dark times, I find this incredibly reassuring. 